Welcome to Reliance's Sunday Sermon. Worship with us at 8, 9.30, or 11 o'clock a.m. We hope you're encouraged by today's message. Today uh, is our Youth Sunday and College Sunday. And when I say that, our Young Adult Sunday. And I say that because this isn't like a token thing that we do. You know, if you grew up in church, every now and again, they would give the youth a Sunday. It's like, all right, you can have this Sunday. You guys know what I'm talking about? Like, they, they, they were a little bit nervous. We don't know what you're going to do, so we'll give you one Sunday a year, right? And that's kind of how it works sometimes for many places. But our heart is not that at all. We think that our youth are the ones that lead the way. We believe that our young adults are the, the ones that lead the way. And so this isn't a token Sunday. They're going to do this a lot. Throughout the year, they're going to have many, many Sundays where they lead us. And so I share that with you because I believe that Scripture says, unless you come... Unless you come to the Father with a heart like one of these, and Jesus was addressing the kids, the youth, the young. He goes, unless you come to the Father with a heart like one of these, you can't enter the kingdom of heaven anyways. And so I think there's something about youth and young adults that lead us to the heart of God in a way that's absolutely profound in the way that God laid it out. And so today, um, I'm going to invite some of our young adults up that are leading. Um, They are a part of a group that we call United Pursuit, 18 to 23-year-olds. And these 18 to 23-year-olds meet on Thursdays at 7.30. If you know somebody kind of in that uh, age range, um, I encourage you to invite them to come. They meet here at the church 7.30, correct? Did I say that right? 6.30. Um, Don't come at 7.30 or you'll miss half of it. Um, So 6.30 on Thursdays, um, United Pursuit, but they just, they're after the heart of God, and so um, they're going to kind of come and share some testimonies of what God's just been stirring in their hearts. So come on up here, guys. I don't know who's going first, but I want to pray over you guys. Would all three of you, yeah, all three of you guys come up here, and let's pray over them real quick. Would you guys just extend a hand out? Um, They're going to share just what the Lord's been putting on their hearts. Father, we thank you so much for each one of these, Lord, for AJ, for Katie, for Grace. Father, in the name of Jesus, we pray that when they speak today, they speak with the words that the Holy Spirit has put in their mouth. And the Holy Spirit says that he listens to the Father and speaks the words of the Father. And so today, God, we pray that we would hear your word and your word would set some hearts free. That your word, God, would stir in this body of believers and set hearts free. So thank you for this team. Thank you for what you're doing in their life. And God, would you move in a way that somebody today sees you, hears you, and knows you, and to know you as eternal life. In Jesus' name we pray. And all God's people said, amen. Amen. Can you welcome them? Would you guys welcome them? Perfect. Can you hear me now? Awesome. Well, good morning, everybody. It is just an absolute honor to be speaking to you all today. I am just like humbled. And if I haven't met you, my name is Katie Doherty. You should definitely come and introduce yourself because know that I already love you. here for you. Just know that. And so my prayer this morning is that the Lord would use me as a vessel for his will, his kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven. I'd be humbled to listen. I know I'm younger than a lot of you guys, and that's okay, but I think we can all like so. Lord, I thank you for today, God. I thank you for every single person in this room, God. I thank you for what you are going to do in Jesus' name, God. I pray that depression will flee, God. Anxiety will be no more, God. You are a God that is moving mountains, God, and you're still working miracles. So we love you, Lord. And again, I just pray that you much. Amen. Use me for your will on earth, God. We love you so much. Amen, God. Okay. So, 
I wanted to start off by telling you guys a little bit of my story. So I like did not, I semi grew up in the church. We were kind of like that go to church on Christmas and Easter kind of family, if you know what I mean. And so I went to church a little bit, but I think there's a difference between knowing about God and knowing God. So my whole life I knew about God. And I think that's Western culture. We all, Jesus, we just, Jesus is normalized, but it's not the radical Jesus that I know now. It's this Jesus that's almost like historic and this Jesus that's on the back burner. But when I was 14, I remember getting invited to a church camp and I remember going like, I, I remember I was like, wow, it's a free vacation. I was so excited. I didn't know anybody, but I was like, you know, I like vacation. I knew there was going to be food. So I was like, I'll be there. And so I get there and I, the first thing I remember is just the family that I encountered right away. And that is what church should be like. And, but that was the least of what had happened. So I remember we, I don't even, honestly, like one of my flaws is I don't have a great memory. And I can't remember all the details, like who was preaching or who was singing. But all I can remember was the feeling I felt. And it was this feeling that it was like I could breathe for the first time in my whole entire life, guys. Like I went into just that, I was so broken. I remember it was a hard time for my family and it was just, I was a middle school girl, you know how they can be, no offense to anybody, but like we were, I was just insecure. I didn't feel like I was enough and I was trying to be enough. And whenever I met the Lord, it was like he, Jesus meets us. Enough guys, that we don't, when we get to the end of ourself, that's where Jesus meets us. And when my insecurity, the Lord met me, in my weakness, he became strong. And it was the most freeing, radical thing that I've ever seen. He stepped down from his heavenly throne to get me, to get me that I was so, I was so shy and I was nothing to the world, but the Lord stepped down because he wanted me. Galatians 2.20 says, I have been crucified with Christ and I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. The life I now live in the body, I live by the faith of the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself for me. So like I said, after that, I just became radical for the Lord. It was like there was like a living water, and any of y'all that knew me in high school probably knew this. It's like, it was like this passion, and it was like, I just could not help but tell people. And that's what it should be like, and I'm not saying I'm perfect, because I am far from it. But it was this passion that I literally, guys, I could not help it. It just, it feels like this burning in your chest. I started to live like somebody that was free, somebody that was not shackled by the world or what the world thought of me. I wasn't held down by shame and I wasn't defined by them, but I was whole in Jesus because he is what completes us. Not anybody, not another person, not your career, not even what you do where you go to school, that's not what completes you. Jesus is what makes you whole. So I started being okay with not fitting in because the Lord don't call us to fit in. And even in high school, and that, that's hard, man. And so I just knew the Lord had set me apart for a purpose and a mission. And I say all this not to just share my testimony because in the grand schemes of things, like I don't even matter, Jesus is all that matters. But I say this to show you that, again, in my weakness, the Lord made me strong. And it wasn't because of anything that I did. Ephesians 2, 8 through 9 says, for it is by grace that you have been saved through faith. And this is not from yourselves, it is a gift from God, not by works so that no one can boast. 
Wow. That is so powerful, guys. This is like the song of the Christian faith that it was nothing I could have done, but it was by grace that I was saved. I was not good enough, but the Lord saw me. He saw what the world would have discarded, guys. He saw what the world would have picked last. My weaknesses, I stumble on my weaknesses. We all stumble. I don't know about you, but an example of my weaknesses, I stumble on my words a lot, y'all. If you know me, I say some weird stuff, and it's not even, I, I'm trying to say something. Come back up clumsy. I work at Starbucks. My weakness. Another example of my weakness is I'm dysfunctional. I'm clumsy. I work at Starbucks. I'm, I'm spilling those drinks everywhere. Like I know my coworkers are mad at me because I'm just I'm just so clumsy. And like I know I know this is silly, but it's like that's an example. And trust me, I have a lot more weaknesses than that. But this is just an example that we are all like fallible. We are all weak. We are all, are all human. And the Lord still chooses us. When he sees us, he sees somebody as holy and blameless at sight. Like he sees us once we repent and come to God, you are made clean. You are made whole. And that's what we get to live with, guys. And it's, we mess up so much, but the Lord does not see this. And so my call for the church today, and I say this with just caution because I don't want to offend, but at the same time, I'm like, okay. And I say this even taking the plank out of my own eye because this is for me too. But we have to wake up, guys. We have to wake up. Enmity against God, therefore, anyone who chooses to be a friend with the world becomes an enemy of God. I read this because I think the church has started blending in with the world. I think that, the, that when we go into a room, people can't tell we love Jesus. And that is the opposite of what we're called to do. There is a time that is coming where we have to start being radical. We see what's happening in Afghanistan. We even see the persecution that's happening in the world, guys. There is no more time to be lukewarm, guys. It's not okay to be lukewarm. And this applies for all ages. It is not okay to be lukewarm. I know it feels good to put your toe in the door and your toe out and just like, you know what I mean, just do your thing, but that's not how you experience the Lord. But when you, like I think it says in 1 John, I've tasted and I've seen that the Lord is good. And that changes you guys. When you've tasted and you've seen God, you are not the same. I say this to all my fellow burning hearts, no matter the age, no matter your background, I say it to the people that want to do something bigger than themselves, and that bigger thing is Jesus, guys. The best way to show people love is within these four walls, he gives us an pouring that out. We get so comfortable within these four walls that we forget there's a whole world out there. I know you have heard this a million times, but Jesus was a God that dined with sinners. And we need to, and you hear this a lot, but we need to take that for real. Like, let's go seek out people. Let's go seek out the oppressed. God didn't hide from the sick. God ran after the sick. He didn't hide from the outcast. He ran out from the outcast. He ran to the outcast. We, God, God's an example of just running towards what the world would discard. What I would love to see is this love from the Lord that pours out of us and shines on to every interaction. 
I'm talking if you're talking to someone in customer service. I want you guys to be the nicest person they talk to all day. Why, why don't you even preach the gospel while you're at it? You know, like we're called to be loved to everybody, not even just the people that we know or know to love, but people we walk by on the streets, guys. This is radical. I want to see the church grow in radical love and radical kindness. John 13, 33, by this all the people will says, just as I have loved you, you are also to love one another. By this, all the people will know that you are my disciples if you have love for one another. So love is laying your life down for people. He calls us for that love that's bigger than life, guys. And that's like in the Bible it talks about true love is laying your life down for your friends, right? And we're called daily to lay ourselves down for Jesus, right? To pick up our cross and to crucify ourselves. It's not about us. But we're also called to live a life where we would lay down our life for anybody in this room. That if someone says it's either them or you, and I'd say it's me because to live as Christ, to die is gain. It's to put yourself under people so that the Lord can be glorified. Guys, there's a whole world of lost people out there, and they need what you have. You have the key to happiness. You have the key to joy, eternity. You can free people from their shame with words. You can ask the Lord to use you as a vessel, and you can move, guys. And you do this with love. You, we can't live in this culture, and we, we do live, I guess, in this culture that's live and let live. But I refuse Jesus. It is not okay to have my generation see our peers not know Jesus. It is not okay to have wrong opinions about Jesus. Jesus is all that matters. And when we have people that are walking around not knowing him, he's all we are made to know, guys. He is why we are, he's why we get away from that. I know that. The world will change once the church breaks out of these four walls. That the, Paul said, one of the most radical people for the kingdom, who spent his whole life shipwrecked, all the disciples except John were martyred. Like, and then we were talking about just persecution in the church, and they hadn't heard about it. And they were like, they heard a little bit, but I'm like, yeah, like there's a ton of persecution going on right now. Still, and there has for centuries. Back in biblical days, that's what most of the letters were written for, was because there was so much persecution, and Paul was addressing it. So I was just like, but we have to have this mentality where death doesn't scare us. To live as Christ, to die is gain, and that's something we need to live by. And I just want to remind you guys that the Lord uses broken vessels. So I wanted to read out something that I read online on an article. It really impacted me. It was Abraham was old, Elijah suicidal, Samson was a womanized, Moses had a speech problem, Gideon was afraid, Samson was a womanizer, Rahab a prostitute, Samarian woman divorced, Noah was drunk, Jeremiah was young, Jacob a cheater, David, a murderer, Jonah ran from God, Naomi, a widow, Peter denied Christ three times, Mar Martha worried about everything, Zacchaeus was small and money hungry, um, the disciples fell asleep while Jesus was praying, Paul was a Pharisee who persecuted Christians before he came one. Some of the most broken people are the most powerful people in the kingdom of God. My prayer for you, all that you would know the Lord more, 
that we together as a body would work together by changing the world one relationship at a time. We're working on changing the world with the person in front of you, working on just loving them so radically. One of my favorite verses, just even of this summer, I, I went to um, Golden, Missouri and worked at uh, Kids Across America, and it was one of the most humbling things in my life. Like, in the middle, I'm kind of a girly girl, if you can't tell, and I was in the middle of, like, nowhere in the woods, no air conditioning, with, like, tell, I, this is one of those verses, for, like, a month, it was humbling, like, so, you know, I, this is one of those verses that was, like, a power verse for me, so I, like, I, it's 1 Corinthians 13, 1, and it's kind of cute, like a side story, is I always sometimes write on my arm, I write love to remind me that all that matters is love. And I looked at the middle schoolers and about five or six of them had love written on their arm. So, and I still see some middle schoolers around today with love. So if you see any of your kids, grandkids with love, that was probably me. So I apologize. Um, 1 Corinthians 13:1 says, if I speak in tongues of men and of angels but have not loved, I'm only a resounding gong or a symbol or a clanging symbol. If I have the gift of prophecy and can fathom all mysteries and all knowledge, and if I have faith that can move a mountain, mountains but do not have love, I'm nothing. Let's never look down on anyone as a church or even as people. The Lord will use anyone that is a willing vessel and my last final point is that he does not qualify, he does not call the qualified, but qualifies the call. So thank you guys. Um, hi guys. Great job, Katie. So good, so good. Um, hi guys. Um, welcome. Well, I guess it's kind of been an hour. Sorry, I shouldn't have said that. Changed as of like, yesterday. I don't you can't tell I'm just a little nervous. Everything that I've been planning this week has changed as of like, yesterday at a late hour. And it's okay. It's going to be great. But the Lord has just like made all of our messages, I guess, kind of align, which is so cool. Um, yeah, thank you just for investing. I'm just so grateful for a church that sees that and like takes ownership of their state this year. Um, um, but I'm Grace Davis. I'm a sophomore at Wichita State this year. Um, I'm majoring in history, secondary education. It's a good time. And yeah, I'll talk about some other things later. But again, everything that I've been trying to, um, I wasn't going to still here. Um, being back at school on campus with people, it's very busy. And just seeing like it's opened my eyes, besides being behind a computer screen, that we are a broken back in their brokenness. A lot of people that have not been called out with the brokenness in their life, and they're just remaining to walk in their brokenness. Um, and so, just also being, if we're going to take over, oh boy, like, and spoken over us, that it's all downhill from here, and if we're going to take over, oh boy, like, it's not, nothing good is going to happen. But all these people that I've seen, like, they're just, they're not after the real thing. Everybody's hungry for something, and if they don't have Jesus, they're not after the real thing, but they want the real thing. They're tired of the temporary. They're tired of just living in their addictions of whatever it mating away things, I think. Sorry, I'm kind of, I'm trying to read because I might get sidetracked, but we're just realizing that there's so many flashy things going around while the real thing and they want Jesus. They might not feel they need Jesus, but they really do want him. They need him. But it just showed me to be more real, more genuine, because he died to save them. Um, yeah. But it just showed me to be more real, more genuine. I don't want my faith or my walk with the Lord to be trendy. I don't want to just, like, fall away that. 
I don't want to just like fade away just be about me, like, I'm talking about the Lord, but it's all about me, like, I don't want that, I don't want to just, like, fade away, um, yeah, being real and authentic, so with all that being said, Lord has just revealed a new burden I've had, just for my generation, but just to, keep looking over there, they're not over there, but you know who I'm referring to, um, but just to, instead of just, like, sitting and waiting and watching something to happen, um, to ask the Lord to guide, but then, to get up and take action, the lies and the twisting up, Aaron made wake up, and I'm not talking about a woke gospel and the lies and the twisting of the scriptures and, like, taking who Jesus is and making him somebody that he's not, but, like, actually taking it's true, um, <laughs> but just seeing a young generation coming to the Father and falling at his feet and not, not being of the world, we should not be of this world, and we've been told the lies of be independent and do your own thing and you speak your truth and you do what feels good. But let's wake up and let's show the younger ones how to wake up and how to walk in who he says that we are and to not be somebody that we're not and all the things. But just all this stirring up for years, I've always been the friend that's guided them to, the, to Jesus and keeping them accountable and that's been great. Great, but if they're not going to take their faith and have ownership over it, then they're going to fall away. And sadly, some of them already have. Um, this past year, they've fallen away. Um, they just have not known the Lord fully for who he is, and so they've fallen away. Um, and you know the statistics of other people going to college. It's like, oh, well, they're done, like, whatever. Um, but it's time that we just, like, stop speaking that over them. I don't know. Um but with all that, too, like, the Lord just showed me everybody, like, in my classes or I'm in a sorority, too, that there are a lot of lost people that don't know who the Father is. And to actually, just to, like, Grace, wake up, like, speak up. Um, yes, like, show with your actions, but actually share the gospel. That's the one thing this summer that I've kind of realized, like, let talk about Jesus, but, like, don't talk about Jesus. I don't know. That probably doesn't make sense. But it's just been really convicting. Um, but... There's also, that's all kind of sad, but there's also some good things that are happening. Um, the past few, some, I'm a history major, and some of the classes, like, are kind of weird and sound sophisticated, but I'm not sophisticated. Um, but anyway, they're all factual and all about new trends, whatever. Um, but this week, I don't know why, and I don't even remember how, but we were talking about religion, and Jesus was brought up, like, Jesus Christ, not just about career, actually, like, I don't know what he did on the cross. Like, it was just brought up in class. And my professor actually, like, I don't think he really wanted it to be talked about, but he didn't discourage a conversation. He actually, like, um, talked about it, too. And it's not a, re a religion class at all. Like, it was so random. But he was encouraging the conversation, and, like, you could just tell in the room everybody knew what he was talking about, but they, like, weren't taking it as their own faith, if that makes sense. Like, it was like a call to action of, like, oh, yeah, I remember who Jesus was. I went to Sunday school, but I don't know him anymore. Um, but that doesn't happen, you know, like, especially in the college realm. Like, that's so frowned upon. Um, but we got to talk about Jesus. Also in another class, like, sorry, not just trying to talk about school. Um, but my professor said, we're going to talk about Afghanistan and what's going on. And I'm just convinced that I'm just going to be able to share the gospel with them. Don't know how, don't know what it's going to look like. But He's like, use your time wisely now. Like, you're in college for a reason. Don't just, like, make it a four-year period to, like, make it about yourself or have fun or whatever. But, like, 
you're there for a purpose. I'm showing you the reason why you're there. And so it's just really cool. Um, and with that, sorry, I'm telling lots of stories. Last year, I thought, I was like, Grace, you're just wasting your time. Like, this isn't what you're supposed to be doing. But instead of that, we had um, recruitment about a month ago. And I got to know more of the girls, like, in person and not just, like, on the screen. I didn't really know anybody in my class. Um, but we had good conversations, but I could just tell something was missing. They were tired of the life that they were just living on each weekend and during the week. Like, they wanted something more. And so we had mentioned in the past, like, we had started Bible studies there, but currently there's not a Bible study going on. But we were just, like, talking about it. And so lately he's just shown, like, again, take action, Grace. Like, start a Bible study. And, like, sorority girls need Jesus too, right? And, um, you know, so it's just really cool. It's really crazy. It's really busy, and I don't have time for it. But he's like, you do have time. Like, use your time wisely. Stop making it about yourself. Life is short. Um, if you're not living for me, you're living for yourself, and that's not cool. And so I'm just tired of that. So sorry if this is, like, ranting. Again, this has all changed in the past, like, 24 hours. So, you know. Um, but with that... A couple weeks ago, I was in my quiet time and just, like, trying to pray over this year and what he had for me. And I just heard the Holy Spirit say to be fierce in all I do this year and to not, to, again, not to just sit and watch and not to, um, not that it's about me doing it. That's not it at all. Please don't think that. But he's like, wake up, get up, you know. Anyway, so with all of this, speaking of ownership, I think there's a call on the church for more mentorship, but also, like, continue to do this alone. We cannot do it just to lead us. Continue to guide us to who Jesus is. We cannot do this alone. We cannot do it just based on our own faith. But there's a spiritual mentorship that I think that there's just a calling for. Um, you see people in our generation that do know Jesus, um, but are, again, I mentioned earlier, like, twisting the word. Um, Colossians 3.16, though, says, Let the message of Christ dwell among you richly as you teach and admonish one another with all wisdom through psalms, hymns, and songs from the Spirit, singing to God with gratitude in your hearts. Um, it says, let, let it dwell among you richly. Um, we need to know our word. We need to know the scriptures and what the Lord says. Um, but we also need y'all's wisdom. I'm admitting that you know more than me. I promise I'm not trying to... Um, I respect you all so greatly. And so I'm asking for help. Help us to know who the Father is. Help us in our relationship with the Lord. Um, we need to mend the relationships in the church, outside of the church, all the things. But especially here. And not just reliance, but I think you know what I'm saying. Um, sorry. Again, I'm not trying to rant. Um, but yeah, we were, we're not going to win this battle without knowing the people that have known the Lord for the battle the enemy is trying to play over this generation, even over you. People that have known the Lord for years are even falling away. And that's not, we cannot just stand alone for them. Like, like they are the ones that the Lord has called to do good. And we need to like stir that up in them as well. And to not just, I don't know, like we, we cannot just sit back anymore. Real Jesus, not just not just a fake guy in the sky, not whatever, like, he's so much more than that, and he wants us to love him and praise him, and so, yeah, wake up, and let's take ownership. Sorry if I was ranty, but, again.
Yeah, I'm going to try to follow those two up um, the best that I can. But <clears throat> again, my name is AJ. Uh, Aaron introduced me a little bit earlier. And it really is a joy and a pleasure to get to serve and to work with uh, two people like Kitty and Grace. I love to see their passion and to see their heart, not just for our generation, but for the generation below us and just for the church itself. Um, and so, uh, yeah, it's just really cool to get to work with them and serve with them. Uh, and so, again, I'm AJ. I help with our youth group. I help with our youth worship team. And then I just kind of help out around the church. Um, I also serve with the ministry called Presence Worship. I just did a residency with them over the summer, and then I also just graduated from Bethel Music College um, about a week ago with my degree in worship ministry. So, yeah, it's really exciting. And so with that, I'm actually going to be talking about worship. And so worship in itself, the definition in Hebrew, or the Hebrew word for worship is shakah. And by definition, that means to bow down, to have your head below your heart, and to bow down to bow in reverence towards the Father. And so the act of worship is attributing reverent honor and paying homage to God. It's putting ourselves back into this place of taking all that is in our head, the world, things that can confuse us, and placing them below our heart. And the desire of our heart is simply from creation to love God. We are created to love God, to worship God. It's the purpose of our creation so when we worship, we bow down, we place everything of the world below that thing. All these distractions, we place them underneath just so our heart can cry out to our Father. The true heart of worship, and in that, there's a lot of vulnerability that comes with that. You're, you're really opening yourself to be vulnerable to the Father, to place everything that the world tells us to be true underneath and just let our heart simply cry out as a vulnerable thing. It's something that takes, takes risk. There's, there's a lot of pressure in it that we can feel where it doesn't feel good enough. It maybe feels wrong because of the way the world tells us to feel. And I think there's an importance to remember that even in worship, it's not this performance. It's not putting up this act. And it's really cool with presence this summer. We got to travel and do a lot of things. And one of the um, camps we went to this summer was in South Padre, Texas, and we get there, we load in, we're loading all the equipment in, we do a sound check, and then we go to eat dinner, and then we're going to go back and have the set, and so all the team, we get there, and we're the worship team, so naturally, we're wearing jeans, t-shirts, most of us are in all black, and we're on a beach, and so we go, and we're on, in line to go get dinner, and one of the leaders comes up to us, or the worship team, aren't you? And, you know, I'm a little small talk, and he, he looks at me, and he's like, oh, you guys are the, are the worship team, aren't you? And, you know, I'm, I'm just kind of like, this is lighthearted. It's like a high school camp. It's going to be fun. I'm like, oh, yeah, you can tell because we're dressed in all black, wearing skinny jeans on the beach, right? And he looks at us, and he's like, no, I can just see the presence of God radiating off of you. <laughs> Which is amazing, but then in my head, I'm like, I'm an idiot, like... <laughs> Great, I've already made this impression. And he, he's like, no, that's, it's amazing. I can just tell the purity in your guys' hearts. You're pure worshipers. I can see purity radiating from your heart. And he looks at us, and he says this thing, and it, it still rocks me. But he looks at us, and he says, I love worship leaders because you get to lead the room in pure adoration of the Father. Or if your heart's not correct, 
you lead an entire room in blatantly lying to the father to his face. <laughs> so first of all, he says that, and I'm like, I'm an idiot. And then he says that to us, and I'm just immediately wrecked. I'm like, wow, this is going to be a good week, making a great impression. And I think the beautiful thing about congregation that when we're worshiping leaders, I think that applies to worship. Us as a congregation that when we're worshiping, we're either pouring all of our love and adoration to the Father, or if our heart's not in the right place of actually worshiping him, we're just lying to his face about the thing we're proclaiming. And so I don't mean to say this to condemn or to offend. I, I've been in this place before too, believe me. I've, I've done this a lot of times where my heart hasn't been in the right posture to purely worship. But to me, what I want to see is that heart of worship restored in the church. It just can't be singing a song. It can't just be in here listening to music. It's not about the music. It's not about a song. It's, it's none of that. It should push us. It should challenge us. It should kind of make us uncomfortable at times, to be honest. It shouldn't be easy to always worship. To worship is to present a sacrifice of praise. It should be costly. It shouldn't just be this thing where we can come in, sing a song, and move on. All of creation was created to worship. If we're not worshiping God, we learn to worship something else. So that's why it's so important when we come into worship to have our heart, our heart is fixed purely on worshiping God, to adore the Father. Even all of the earth worships God. All of creation worships God. So why wouldn't we? It's our natural process. It's what we were created for. I think it's really easy for us to come in on a Sunday morning, hear the song. Maybe it's an opening song. We're like, all right, sweet. We're going to get in this time of worship. Then the next song comes in and you're like, oh, this is my song. This is my song. I love this song. But why are you worshiping the song itself instead of the Father that it's proclaiming to be about? I think it's really easy for us to fall in love with worship and worship worship instead of worshiping the one we're supposed to worship through worship, which is wordy and kind of confusing. But I think that's just the importance of setting our heart right. It's remembering that it's not about the song. It's not musical. It's, the beautiful thing is that I think the greatest act of worship is in Mark 14, verses 3 through 9. And we have this example of this woman breaking an alabaster jar of oil and washing the feet of Jesus with her hair. Nothing about this is musical. She's not singing to him. She's not doing anything. She's doing an act of humbly serving the Father and pouring her love out to him. It's the greatest act of worship that's still talked about and worship is influenced by thousands of years later and it's not even musical. So, an example of that, it cost her everything to do that for Jesus. And the people around her tried to make fun of her and tried to make it about something else. But Jesus stopped and he said, look at what she's done. She has given everything. So it's that same thing of worship should push us, it should make us uncomfortable, it should cost us something. So what I want to ask you today, even this morning, what was worship costing you?
Were you singing more than a song? Were you offering God a sacrifice to learn to be more? It has to learn to be more than just a song that we sing. It has to be higher to simply cry out to the Father, to pour love and adoration out to his feet. And so, even if you're not sure what that looks like, my challenge to you today as a church would be learn to ask God what it looks like every time you worship to present him a sacrifice. Because he's the only one that's worthy of it. And it's the purpose for our creation. Yeah. Yeah, so as we come into this time of worship again to close out, that's just what I would challenge you all with is just take a second and ask God, what can I present to you this morning as a sacrifice of praise? Thank you. Amen. So we're gonna close out with a song today, but we do that. I wanna challenge you with a few things that they said. This is what, what he chooses you in your mess. He chooses you. One of the things that I love that she said, he chooses you. He chooses you in your mess. He chooses you in your brokenness. He chooses you. You're the one that he calls his plan A. You're not his plan B. You're his plan A. Because God doesn't need a plan B because he knows this plan A is going to come through. Here's what I heard Grace share. It's time to wake up and have a little boldness and see every single day as an opportunity. Every day is an opportunity to share the heart of Jesus. And so then you get to AJ, and AJ's is this. It's time to worship the Lord in spirit and truth. We're not coming to church to sing our favorite songs. We're coming to church to sing and to worship God with our very life. And when we say we're coming to church, it doesn't mean a building. It means when you wake up, you are the church. And you're giving God your worship. So this morning, they're going to sing this song called Worthy of It All. Here's what I want to ask you today. Would you however this looks like for you, get your head below your heart today. If that means kneeling down, you can kneel down. If that means standing up and bowing in reverence, you can do that. If that means putting your hands up, put your hands up below your heart and give God everything that you have in this time of worship today because we believe that he wants to meet with you in this place. Father, in the name of Jesus, I thank you that this generation is not going to have to be a generation that we have to drag to the presence of God. We won't have to drag these young men and women to your presence kicking and screaming because they think that the world has something better. I thank you, God, that the voices that shared today are just a taste of what's coming in this generation, a taste of going. We're not going to have to drag them to experience the Lord. In fact, they may have to start dragging some adults to experience the Lord. So God, thank you that they're going to lead the way because they've tasted and they've seen that the Lord is good. So today, God, we come before you and we put our heads below our hearts and we submit everything to you in worship. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for tuning in today. To find out how to get more involved, go to reliancecommunity.org. Have a great week.